Um, when you, when you uh, start to learn something new, it's often met with a, a great deal of excitement and expectation. I remember when I first started learning uh, to play the guitar, I had these great thoughts of sitting around at open fire, singing songs and playing guitar with my friends. The guy I've been learning with for the last few years has had to be rather patient, though, as despite my wanting, I'm not that good at doing the practice. Uh, one of the things he did start off with is he taught me four basic chords, G, C, F and A minor. The following week, we practised them in some sort of order. The following week, we played our first song. You'd be surprised, or maybe you won't be, to know there's a lot of songs out there that have uh, four or less chords in them. Now he's trying, of course, to teach me bar chords, which I'm battling through. This time it's not through lack of will. It's more to do with lack of movement in my fingers. What I do know is that if he had started me off with bar chords, I'd probably have given up after the first week. This is sort of what Jesus is doing in our reading. Just prior to our reading, Jesus has just chosen 12 from those who were following him and called them apostles, which is really important to remember when we look at this reading this morning. Remember, God called 12 tribes of Israel, descendants from the 12 sons of Jacob, and made them his people. Through them, he could fulfill his purpose to the world, bringing them back to him. So Jesus appears on the scene. Jesus wasn't the only one at the time trying to encourage people of Israel to be God's people. They were those who were pushing for a whole lot of new rules and regulations for them to obey. There were those plotting and planning a violent revolution, some even within Herod's own influence and control. There were even some who proposed that they should withdraw back into the desert. And I have no doubt that there were others with all sorts of schemes for Israel. The people around Jesus at the time would not have missed Jesus, what Jesus was doing when he chose 12. He is picking his new leaders to be the start of his people, to go on and do his work. They were to be the nucleus, the starting point of what God was about to do. Well, I'm sure this would have been very exciting and I'm sure the 12 chosen would have been full of expectation and excitement. But what Jesus does with them is really important. You see, in our reading, Jesus is giving them their first lesson as to how his vision of God's work is going to play out. Four promises and four warnings. Again, in a way of the scriptural code that all of Israel would have understood. He doesn't start off with several bark chords. No, he gives them simple chords that they can start off with and build on from there. What Jesus is doing is straight out of Deuteronomy 
where there is a long list of blessings for those who obey the law and, of course, curses for those who didn't. These blessings and curses form part of the contract, the covenant, the binding agreement between God and Israel. So what we see Jesus doing here is firstly forming his new Israel and then secondly giving them his vision for how he sees God's work would go forward. Jesus' version is completely radical at, this, at the time. You see, if, if, you don't, if you don't think so, if you don't see that, just read the ones, the curses and blessings in Deuteronomy. It seems to be completely upside down. Well, actually, I think Jesus would probably say his idea is right side up instead of the upside down ones the people of Israel had grown accustomed to and had been following. You'll hopefully remember a few weeks ago when I spoke uh, of Jesus speaking in the synagogue in Nazareth when he said that, that when he said when sorry when I said not he said when I said that Jesus was saying to them that God is doing something new something quite different and here we and here we have Jesus fulfilling that statement then Jesus said he had come to give good news to the poor, release prisoners, give sight to the blind, set victims free and announce God's favour. What Jesus is saying in this reading would have been good news to those who haven't had any for a long time, the poor, the hungry, those who weep, those who are hated. Blessing on them. Not that there was anything good about being poor or hungry in itself, But listen to what Jesus says. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on the account of the Son of Man. What Jesus is saying that in a world where evil dominates, where injustice reigns, the world needs to change. It will need to be turned right way up so that God's justice and kingdom can establish itself. But we shouldn't just read these series of blessings to the people as described. What matters here is that they are the kind of people who, who through the kingdom will be launched. These are the sorts of people that will embrace Jesus' teachings. Of course, this good news for the poor and the hungry is not necessarily good news for those who are benefiting from the way things are. And of course, they will, they, they will be opposite to those people. Again, listen to what Jesus says. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. 
Again, these are the sort of people who will generally reject Jesus' teaching. Jesus' message to those people on the plain, his message of promise and warning, of blessing and curses, would no doubt have brought back thoughts of the prophets of old. And again, we heard a few weeks ago how that panned out for many of them. Jesus knew the reaction from some of those listening would be exactly the same. You see, bringing God's prophetic word to the people to whom it is sent has always been a costly business. Looking back over the Old Testament history, you will see the prophets have always been persecuted. It is funny how good news for one group is often seen as bad news for others. What I find increasingly interesting is that people today who you would think should be happy and well-adjusted seem to be having more and more difficulties. This week I saw on the news that James Placker flew into Melbourne. James is believed to be worth around a, small, a tidy five billion Aussie dollars but lately he's been spending $35,000 a week for treatment in a mental health facility. Now don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make light of, light of this, I, I really honestly felt really sad when I heard the news. In fact, I felt so sad that I spent a moment praying for him. But happy are the rich? I don't think so. When I was a school chaplain, I would often be dealing every day with young people who believed their future was so bleak they couldn't see any great future, who couldn't see how they could have a house like their parents and all the trappings that they had currently got and currently grown used to, some of whom thought even at that young age that death was a, a perfectly viable option to life. It also surprises me that it appears that countries whose citizens have wealth and all the comforts of life have some of the worst mental health. And Australia is right up there. And yet, some of the poorer, more difficult countries to live in have so much better health than we have. What's happening today where we have all these ideas and schemes, where we seem to have endless ways of trying to make sense out of life, and yet nothing seems to be meeting that need. I wonder what the blessings and curses would be if Jesus turned up today. I suspect that they wouldn't be much different. It seems to me that Jesus would be saying to us today, that blessed are those who find meaning in me and cursed are those who search for meaning in other things such as status and wealth. As Christians, we believe that Jesus began the call of the twelve and the sharp-edged teachings of blessing and, cur and curses remain in force today. And that it will bring people back to God 
and enter his kingdom. His kingdom? His kingdom turns the world upside down. Or is it right side up? I'll leave that for you to decide. Amen.